Welcome to a Friday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Erin Summers. We have had a big week of guests and we have two more for you today ahead of the Saints game against the Packers. We've had a lot going on in the past few weeks, obviously with Hurricane Ida coming through, displacing the team and a lot of people in our area. And we're still thinking about them and hoping for the best for everybody in Louisiana. And to speak to that, we have the pleasure of having World Central Kitchen CEO, Nate Mook, and Jose Andres, the chef there with the company on the podcast today. So Nate, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having us on today. And yeah, you know, I, I may be the CEO, but but Jose is the founder of the organization. He started World Central Kitchen uh, over 10 years ago now after the big earthquake in Haiti. And, you know, our work has certainly evolved since then. And, and we're, you know, we're, we're finding ourselves working all over the world and especially in the United States after big hurricanes like Hurricane Ida. So unfortunately, we've we've had to come down to New Orleans uh, a number of times in the past. Um and, uh, you know, we know the city well, we love the city, we have great friends there. Um, and, you know, it was, it, it was sort of a, an important thing for us to be able to, to come down and support the community uh, in New Orleans and, and the greater Louisiana area after, after Hurricane Ida. So our, and our teams are, are still working hard. So thanks so much for, for having me. Yeah, thank you for everything that you all have done. Jose, Nate mentioned this is your idea, get started in 2000. One, 10, 2010. 2010. Yeah. It's been a while. Where did the idea come from and, and the importance behind it? Well, I mean, I will not say that this was an idea that was revolutionary in any way or form. We saw somebody like um, Clara Barton that not only single-handed took care during the American Civil War, finding the missing soldiers, but uh, even Clara Barton herself was delivering meals uh, in times of need. So obviously we saw in many events before, um, Katrina, where random restaurants, chefs, so actually anybody with a grill in their budget will come and will start cooking, trying to feed anybody that needed a plate of food. Well, because the food was not available, because everything was destroyed, because electricity, because distribution. There are many reasons uh, that people don't have the time to search for food to feed the families. But imagine if those uh, random moments of empathy, you're able to bring them together. And imagine for a second that who you put in charge or taking the lead on feeding are restaurants, and more important, chef and food people themselves. Uh, you send nurses and doctors when you need to take care of uh, health issues. You send firefighters and first responders and rescue experts to find people in the rubble after an earthquake. Send cook chefs and bring all that machine to take care of people in need. Actually, for me, gave me the chills being around the Superdome because we all remember all days of Katrina where the Superdome became home for many people escaping the crazy floods that happened on the aftermath. Think for a second, what is an arena in a total catastrophe or a baseball stadium? People think they are sports venues or music venues. I don't think that way. To me, they are gigantic restaurants 
that happens entertains with the sports or with music. So for us, learning of the lessons of the past, moments like Katrina, moments like September 11, moments like what happened in Haiti in the earthquake, that is where we began learning how we can make that happen, and then being there next to the people, and what happened in New Orleans, who was helping us from the first second, New Orleans people, New Orleans chefs, New Orleans restaurant families, well with money, well with time and effort, well with know-how, or giving us a lot of the food they had in the refrigerators, top quality restaurant food. That's why from the first second after Ida, the men and women with the people of New Orleans, we were able to start feeding without the stop, bringing hope one plate of food at a time. In what ways were you able to provide for the community surrounding this hurricane? And when did those efforts start? Yeah, you know, it's very important, Aaron, for us to be on the ground as quickly as possible, right? Because when mm -hmm. people don't have access to food, when they're hungry, they're not hungry tomorrow, next week, next month, they're hungry now. So in cases of hurricanes, which are, you know, a little bit different perhaps than like an earthquake we where we were down in Haiti recently, where we came directly to New Orleans from Haiti, um, you know, we knew that the hurricane was coming. So we were, although this hurricane, Hurricane Ida intensified very quickly due to climate change. And, you know, we're seeing this happen more and more with these storms. They go from tropical storms to huge category hurricanes very fast. We had a couple of days to mobilize. So we got on the ground before the hurricane hit. We ended up staging food, about 100,000 meals already on the ground that we were able to get in. We were able to get a kitchen prepped, ready to go, get generators in because we assumed power was going to go out. We hoped it didn't, but we knew it probably would. And unfortunately, it did. Um, and we, you know, we, we had we had a water supply. We had all of these things ready to go. So even as the storm was hitting, our teams were, were safe and, and, you know, made sure that nobody was, was at risk, but we were already hard at work immediately. So, you know, the moment the storm had passed, when it was past New Orleans, we, our kitchen was fired up and we started cooking because we knew that a couple of things happened in, in the immediate aftermath of a disaster, like a big hurricane, like Hurricane Ida, you have a lot of emergency responders are going to be working 24 hours a day um, and they're going to need support and food. Most likely you have folks that, um, you know, normally, you know, would get food assistance from other places. That food assistance is now stopping because of the storm, because of the infrastructure damage, because of the lack of power. And then over the course of the next 24 to 48 hours, even folks who have food in their homes that food is starting to go bad as power's now been out for a couple of days. So we have to move very quickly. So within hours after the storm, we were delivering meals to shelters, to first responders, to getting, you know, connecting with local groups, community groups. And, and also what's very important for us is to get out into the community, into the hard hit areas. So in New Orleans, that meant, you know, getting out to the neighborhoods that are often left behind or, you know, maybe thought about secondarily. And, and getting out to some of the real communities where um, where Ida had hit directly. So places like Homa, um, Lafitte down south, where there was a lot of flooding, uh, Laplace, uh, which took a direct hit as well. So from the very beginning, Jose jumped in his car and drove out because that's how that's how you learn. You have to 
You have to go to the places, especially when communications are out, there's no way to call people. You have to get out and see what the needs are, bring food with you, and then you start to set up those routes of distribution. So what Nate really is trying to tell, tell us here that yes, cooking is important, that's what we do. We are organization that we are more than chefs. It requires a lot of different expertise, but it's more than cooking. Mm-hmm. Is mobilizing the distribution itself. And it's not waiting for the phone call of the communities that need you. It's going to search for those people and those communities that they really need you, but in the chaos of the moment, they don't even know where to start. So we are there just to cook, just to use the local resources, but more important, go to those places that they are in need of food, of water, maybe of solar lights, maybe generators, and by showing up every single day, every single day while things are still a mess, you hope to, uh, to give them this kind of sense that they're not forgotten, we are listening to them, help is coming. And then in the process of just being there helping, reconstruction is slowly but surely starts. That's what Mon Central Mitchell does. And Nate mentioned that you got in your car and you started driving to different areas. What did you experience? <laughs> well, uh, they uh, they put me in the car because nobody wants me in the kitchen anymore. I create too much <laughs> of a mess. Uh, but one of the things I always love, obviously, is the, that that final meter, right? That final yard. Um, trying to do the touchdown of empathy. That that's what you guys did supporting the efforts that Wall Central Kitchen and the many people helping us we are doing in Louisiana. Um, for me, getting on a car, uh, I'm not the only one. We have many scouts. Actually, we are talking that we need more scouts when, when the events become bigger, like in Haiti, that we were going to every place after the earthquake that just happened a few weeks ago. So those moments to me are, are hard because more often than not, depends the conditions. Usually we go back to sleep to a hotel room. Uh, that this time you had an electricity and sometimes doesn't even have either water, air conditioning, but this is not any different than the conditions that people are facing. So for us, for me personally, to go is to really understand what's happening. Without understanding what the people go through, it's very hard that you can have the urgency of now. That's why we always say that the teams of Wall Central Kitchen, we are people that we, we, we are next to the people. We are with boots on the ground. We are always saying to understand what they face, we must be near them. And that's why for me going brings me uh, in a way, you know, sadness, but at the same time, the best of people, the best of the parishes, the best of New Orleans, the best of Louisiana, the best of America, actually the best of the world. Unfortunately, more often than not, shows up in those moments of destruction where people help people, where Americans help Americans, where everybody gives the best to make sure that if they're okay, they're gonna be helping the person next to them. And why do I go? It's just not just to try to help, or bring lights, as I said before, solar lights or generators or food or, or even medicine because you are there first and quick and you're going to come back tomorrow. 
but it's because we get all the members of World Central Kitchen, me first and last, we get so much back from the community. Those, especially children, when they are there front and center, volunteering, delivering meals, sometimes door to door. And, and this fills me up. And this keeps, keeps me going with a simple message. Like the New Orleans Saints, you've been next to your people through history, now supporting many causes, but supporting what World Central Kitchen has been doing and is still doing today. Uh, this is what keeps everything going, that we keep telling everybody, one day I'm gonna be there for you because maybe one day you will be there for me. And together with the people, we can make anything happen. What have you learned about the community of New Orleans and Louisiana through your time being there and, and helping out during these crises? Uh, well, um, you know, uh, I've been lucky to go to New Orleans um, already many years ago. I have, I have good friends. Uh, I have, uh, you know, a chef like Emery Lagasse. Uh, he's like a brother of mine. Uh, um, um, and we've been having great times together uh, in Louisiana, uh, in New Orleans, or in Spain. Uh, Mitch Landrio has become a great friend for me, has been a great leader. He's been right and center next to World Central Kitchen, next to his people. Uh, he's a mayor beyond <laughs> forever. Uh, I, I love to see his commitment, his delivering meals, so helping World Central Kitchen to be smarter. But if anything, uh, and Nate has been in the community itself, and I remember early days, almost first day of going to Little Cayu, the first day going to Huma, where there was a shelter, or the many other places we began going in the first hour. And it's the same thing, no? Um, obviously, people have, uh, I feel very connected to New Orleans, especially when I walk the streets and I saw those street signs. I'm from Spain. Uh, I am a proud Spanish-American immigrant. Uh, first time I came to America was in the Spanish Navy in Pensacola. Uh, when I arrived Pensacola and I was uh, in a sail in a sailing ship. But for me, when I came to New Orleans and I saw all those streets that Spain very much was there many centuries ago, uh, I already am connected and I know the people of New Orleans and are connected to Spain and I feel that connection. And if something we all love is the same, love for family, love for respect, love for food, obviously love for the good times. If anybody knows how to have a good time, those are the people of New Orleans and Louisiana, but also remembering that those good times one day will come back, but that when there are hard times, we all must pull together and as one trying to hope for better days the resilience and i know nobody wants to have resilience anymore after one hurricane and another i know we are all fed up saying i don't want to be resilient but it's a beautiful thing to to know that yes they all come together as one and use the little communities are the big ones seeing that they all come together as one to start making things happen this gives me um, a lot of your community yeah, is definitely really important. And Nate, go ahead. No, no, I, I was just going to add, um, you know, I, it's been amazing to see the community really come together in the aftermath of this disaster. Um, 
you know, we wouldn't be able to do the work that we have been doing without, uh, without directly being supported by the community in so many ways. You know, we've served close to 250,000 hot meals now um, in New Orleans and, and the surrounding parishes. Um, you know, and a lot of those meals are uh, served in conjunction with local community partners. So we're working with local churches, uh, working with different community groups that are serving different areas of the city of New Orleans and, and around, um, you know, there every single day, many of the volunteers setting up these, these distribution sites um, for directly for the community. And so, you know, everybody pulling together. And as Jose mentioned, all the amazing local chefs that have stepped up. Um, we had uh, Miss Cleo Robinson from Dookie Chases come to the kitchen and, uh, and, and cook with us. Um, you know, amazing folks, uh, you know, have, have, uh, you know, both joined our effort or in some cases also set up, just started cooking. Um, uh, Howie from, from Howling Wolf set up down the street and has been serving the local community there, uh, you know, in addition to, to what we've been doing. So it's just, it's, you know, it's a really outpouring of support and everybody is trying to do their part. Um, and that's been so incredible about New Orleans. And that's something that's so strong. The community, the sense of community in the city of New Orleans is so strong and, and it's so tight knit. Um, and unfortunately it's cause it's cause the city's been through some really tough times. Um, and so, you know, for us, we're really grateful because we certainly couldn't do our work and, and obviously with support of, of local institutions like the saints, like the Pelicans as well, you know, you guys have, have really helped, um, make this work possible ultimately. And so, you know, we're, we're so grateful for, for that, you know, really that, that strong support. And hey, we were we were serving almost day one, day two uh, jambalayas. We were serving muffalettas. We were serving uh, foods that they are traditional in New Orleans and in Louisiana. Uh, only to show you that if we were able to do this, is because we work. Uh, we try to become and be a local, but because we have the locals next to us, and that's how we are able to kind of try to understand what the community needs, what the community wants, and how we can serve them uh, better. Yeah, Nate, I wanna follow up on something you mentioned, you know, the Saints and the Pelicans Gulf Coast Renewal Fund donated 500,000 to Salvation Army and World Central Kitchen. So just kind of specifically, how was that donation put to use? Yeah, I mean, it's going directly to getting meals out into the community. Um, you know, it's directly uh, helping uh, us prepare, cook and distribute the meals uh, to folks that really need it um, the most. Um, you know, power was out, um, uh, you know, uh, so, you know, power was out in, you know, for so long in the city. And, um, you know, it's uh, folks were, were struggling and there was no access to, to food. It's great that things are starting to come back a little bit now um, in the city of New Orleans itself. There's still a long road to recovery outside of New Orleans and some of the parishes that we mentioned. And so, you know, the support is, is going directly to, to helping us serve. Um, and it's so critical. Um, it helps pay for the food itself. It helps pay for getting the food, cooking the food and getting the food to where it needs to go. And so we're, you know, donations like this really are, are what make it all possible. And we're, we're so grateful. And beyond the food, uh, and beyond the food uh, you know, uh, Nate and Sandra Kitchen and all the teams going to the communities, we were able to distribute hundreds of solar lights. Um, 
uh, in the early days of, of an event when you have no electricity, it seems not like much, but at night when you go to those communities and you see that in some of the homes you have a little light that the, at the end of the day is to think, right? Yes, giving you a place that you can actually see, but those lights to me also kind of are this example that they are in the horizon at the end of the tunnel, there is hope. So obviously we do food, that's what we do. But then the little things like the generators we were distributing, the solar lights we were giving away, these other little things that doesn't, doesn't solve all the problems, but at least puts the people in the right course. I know there's been a lot of community support and the quarterback Jameis Winston for the Saints mentioned earlier this week and his one of his availabilities that he donated to the cause as well. And I know that you guys and what you do has been very dear to everyone's hearts and, and the importance of, of helping donate to the cause. And we appreciate what has been done and how much longer do you foresee yourselves being in Louisiana and helping out there on the ground? I mean, we are, we're going to be there as long as we're needed. Um, you know, World Central Kitchen, that's, you know, that's how we operate. Um, we, uh, you know, we're constantly adapting and assessing the situation. And as certain areas get a little bit more back to normal, grocery stores reopen, folks are able to get gas again, they're able to start cooking at home. I mean, that's, that's what you want. You want families to get back up on their feet for sure. Um, but, um, you know, we're, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, a lot of areas in Louisiana are, are still without power. And so, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna be around uh, as long as we're needed. We're going to keep delivering meals. Jose, when you started this, this kitchen, this idea, did you ever think that you would be going to various places across the world and that your reach would be so big? I mean, uh, yes and no, no. Yes, it's a dream. That's what we call it. Uh, sure. They call it, you know, Jose Andres Foundation, I, I, which is fine too. But I call it World Central Kitchen because the idea we had was, it's very much like a team, right? You are only as good as the people that you have around you, as the players, as a coach, special teams. Uh, myself, obviously, World Central Kitchen, the amazing work that Nate has done since he became the, the CEO in the last few years, is uh, making each of us better and knowing that you are only as good as those teammates next to you. So when we call it World Central Kitchen, it was a very simple idea. We're a huge team. We are hundreds of thousands of restaurants in America alone, millions of food people, people that know how to cook or people that know how to take care of other needs in the system, from farmers to the people who do the distribution to, to the people that welcome you into the restaurant. Everybody is needed, right? Uh, food people is a very big family. Um, and this was the idea of World Central Kitchen, a place where we can bring all of them together. And even other people who was going to tell me that the Cayo Navy, which I'm fascinated by how quick they are, how fast they are, and how they are really able to take care of people, save lives, and do amazing work that people, I think, sometimes they take for granted or is unnoticed. To watch Cayo Navy or, or people with a boat randomly belonging to the, the bigger organizations or use alone, putting their boats, filling up with whatever money they had in their pocket and putting water or whatever else they needed, and going 
through all the value, trying to reach people and homes that were incommunicated and delivering that. You know, to a, to a degree, I always say that anybody doing food and water in an emergency, even if they are not working with World Central Kitchen, to me, it's like they are working with World Central Kitchen. Because what we try to see is who else is doing anything that has to do with food and water? And let's try to have maps like we do to make sure that we don't leave any community forgotten. I dream that one day we will have in America and in the world a food integrated uh, command uh, for quick response, where not only what World Central Kitchen does, but what everybody does, what the governor or the mayor may be doing, what restaurants, what, and this is what we, we hope. So, so yes, they had big dreams of World Central Kitchen, but dreaming is easy. What I'm amazed is that thanks to the thousands and thousands of volunteers and obviously all the teams at World Central Kitchen, let like name what we've achieved in the last 11 years, especially uh, even more, I will say, after Houston and, 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 and Puerto Rico into back-to-back -back, uh, hurricanes, the learning and being, being able there to be doing multiple events at the same time, volcanoes, explosions like in Beirut, hurricanes, uh, fires, a COVID pandemic that at one moment we were doing over two, three hundred thousand meals a day through hospitals and elderly homes and, and, and homeless shelters. I'm amazed of, of how a simple idea, some big problems, they have very simple solutions. World Central Kitchen is one plate of food at a time. It's how we can really take care of the people and the rest will keep happening, but you need you need the first pass. You need the first run. Uh, Nate mentioned no, about the plan. We have a plan, but we are not big in the plan. We're more like a special teams. We adapt. Why? Because if you plan too much, when things don't go as you plan, people freeze. You want to win. You want to achieve that touchdown. You want to be the one delivering the goods. If you adapt, nothing will ever stop you because you will always cook somewhere in a food truck, in a catering kitchen, in the middle of the field with some uh, paella or uh, jambalaya, uh, big, uh, big pots and, and gas fire. We will deliver through, through boats. We will deliver through four by fours. We will deliver by helicopter or by plane or by walking or by motorbike. We will deliver, you see, by adapting all the time by being next to the people, listening to the people, and in real time with boots on the ground, is the way you can always adapt and deliver the goods. You'll never win a game if you don't play that game in the field. That's what World Central Kitchen tries to do every single day. Well, I can definitely say that we are big fans of World Central Kitchen and everything that you all have done for our community. And with all the football analogies, Jose, I'm going to assume you're a football fan and also a fan of the Saints, right? Um, now and forever. Uh, but remember, <laughs> I'm in Washington, D.C., and uh, I'm a Washingtonian with an accent, right, and okay. I, have, I have few teams surrounding me, and I love opinionated fans. But let me tell you why I am. What I am is uh, uh, I love football since I arrived in America. Uh, it's a sport that, that I didn't play much at all. I barely know how to throw the ball. I can catch it though. Uh, but I love, I love the game. I love the spirit. Uh, uh, I, I love the plan, but I love what they adapt and they make uh, amazing things happen. But I cannot wait uh, to be down there 
um, with some of you and some of the people of New Orleans and teammates of Boston Kitchen and watch a game and, and look at the past and to say, well, uh, together we try to be there next to the people. We are, we've been doing our best to be next to them. And at the end, uh, we, we love that you guys uh, are in this game with us as we love to be in this game with you. We look forward to having you in the Superdome down the road here once everything really gets back in action in New Orleans. Much thanks to both of you and the efforts of World Central Kitchen. Thank you so much for joining me today on our podcast. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thanks for having us today. Thank you so much to World Central Kitchen CEO Nate Mook and their chef Jose Andres for a great conversation and all the efforts that they've been putting in in New Orleans and the greater Louisiana area. Definitely appreciate them as always. We have had so many great guests this week. Started off on Monday with Nick Underhill, had Stacey Dales, Tom Rinaldi. Great lineup. If you've missed anybody on the podcast this week, make sure you check it out on NewOrleansSaints.com. You can find all of our coverage as we're heading in to the Green Bay Packers game against the New Orleans Saints this Sunday in Jacksonville. Tickets are still available. Make sure you go get tickets on Ticketmaster. We need to show up big for our Saints. And then we'll all just get ready for them to be back in the Superdome here very soon. It's been a lot of fun this week and we'll have all the coverage post game and on the podcast on Monday. So we'll talk to you then. For the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek, I'm Erin Summers.